um, started with about 100. Um, I kind of had gotten the inspiration because earlier um, that fall, I guess, um, late summer, fall, we had done a bit of a farm tour through um, New England, and I guess we went up into Canada to Elliot Coleman's farm and some of the other um, farmers that, um, you know, are have made a name for themselves in, in farming. Um, and uh, a few of them had chickens, and I, it was something that I really thought was cool, and I enjoyed the... Uh, I enjoyed animals um and so i thought it was something i wanted to get into so that fall 2013 in october i ordered my first um my first chickens and i've had uh ever since you know a varying amount um so it's been a little over seven years i guess so to start out why chickens um the eggs can be a profitable addition to the farm um they can increase your soil nutrition if you run them on your farm, on your fields, which we have uh, done some, not a lot. Um, and they're a relatively low-maintenance animal. They're a great animal to, like, get started with. Um, if, you're, if, you ha- if you haven't, you know, had livestock or any kind of animal, they're, they're a relatively low-maintenance animal to get started with. Um, they're also, uh, you know, if you have young kids, it's... Raising animals is like a great way to, um, you know, learn a lot of lessons and just like, um, you know, taking care of stuff and having to having to do that on a day to day. So um, those are all those are all some good reasons um, for chickens. So for starting out, um, purchasing your chickens, so you got a couple options. Really, there's two main options. Um, you got a chicks that are like two days old. They're shipped as soon as they hatch. Um, and then you've got ready-to-lay uh, pullets, they're called, before they're laying. Um, and, you know, if you're looking like on Craigslist or something, they you can get them varying in ages. Uh, a, you know, average um, breed is going to start laying around five months. So, I mean, there's people that raise chickens and sell them at two months, three months, four months, five months, whatever. Um but, you know, you either get your chick or you get one that's past that stage that you don't have to be dealing with the, with that whole uh, side of things. Um, then how to choose your breeds. We've got a slide on that in a uh, bit and where to purchase. So those are the things we'll go into. Um, the pros and cons of chicks. So the pros, you know the background and the health of your hens. Um, they're fun to raise. Um, and you can, you know, if you're, if you're ordering them online, these places have so many different breeds and varieties. Generally, um, if you're looking for, um, older chicks off of Craigslist or something, um, you're going to find someone that's raising like the main, um, breeds for laying like a, a, uh, you know, just a couple breeds. You're not, you're not going to have the kind of selection that you have if you're ordering um, from chicks. Um, and then the cons are it's, it's relatively time-consuming. Um, it's a whole separate, it's a whole separate system. So you have to have a whole separate um, supplies and uh, area for that, which is not, it's not a huge expense. But it is just something that you have to have, you know, your heat lights and just chick 
feeders and waters and stuff like that. Um, and then you also, you'll lose, um, you know, it's a learning curve. Um, I'm still, still learning it. And even if you do it perfectly, you're still going to lose, uh, you know, a small percentage of your chicks. Um, and then the ready to lay hens or really any, um, pullet that's, you know, I would say they probably are considered pullets after, uh, like, a, I don't know, six, eight weeks. Um, it's to the age where they don't need the heat lamps. Um, they're, they can be, um, more out there. They're not as uh, prone to getting like cold and um, stuff like that. They're just more stable. Um, so if you get ready to lay hens at five months old, you got immediate eggs um, and there's less equipment that's needed. Cons are that sickness can more easily be brought into your flock um, and it's an upfront, it's a much bigger expense. Um, a chick, you're going to pay between three and four dollars for. A uh, ready to lay hen, if it's a a uh, healthy, good hen, I mean, you're paying upwards of 12 to $18 um, for. So your upfront expense is much less. Um, I, from my calculation, um, I have, you know, $12 into a hen by the time it's laying anyways. But you, that's, you know, over f five months of buying your chicks is, you know, your upfront expense, and then you got feed for the next five months, um, which may be easier to do than to drop, you know, $2,000 immediately to buy your hens that are ready to lay. So I have, I've done both, and I started by, by raising my own chicks, um, did a couple batches of that, and then I bought chicks from, or I bought ready-to-lay hens from someone um, up in Kentucky, great hens. Um, they they worked out well. I paid like twelve bucks for them. Um, but I am to the point. I would say, um, and things always change. I'll probably change my mind in a couple of years. But I would say I'm to the point where I'm never buying another chicken off my farm. Um, it ruined my year this year. Um, I had I had about a hundred hens. Um, that I had got in fall of 2018, I guess. So, um, yeah, I think it was fall of 2018. So spring 2020, they were a little bit over a year old. Um, you know, land great. Um, I wanted to increase my flock. I bought 100 more from a local person and brought them in and they had they were sick i guess um got my whole flock sick and i almost just yeah it was the whole year was just kind of a flop um i was able to like stay on top of all my um csa like egg shares but um you know when i should have been getting 20 dozen a day i was getting like six um like the whole year so i'm kind of over that um, if, if I had someone that I really trusted, um, that I had gotten chicks from or pullets from that were ready to lay, um, you know, and, and there, there is people that I, that, uh, that raise them well. Um, it just takes, takes time finding that person and stuff. And it is much easier, but it can get you in trouble and it got me in trouble. And I could have possibly, um, saved myself if I had, 
if I had not put them together and realized that I had these ones I got, um, had some issues, I could have tried to deal with that. Um, because it was to the point where I kind of had to use like some um, more strong um, like antibiotic stuff. And then I couldn't use my eggs for like, I don't know, three weeks or something. Um, so I could have had them separate. I could have had my flock that was laying great. I could have got it dealt with, put them together. Probably would have been a lot better, but I, I didn't. And it, yeah, kind of screwed me over. So um, I'm, I would say that I'm more pro um, buy your chicks um, at, yeah, and raise them yourself. So go to breed selection here. Um, and I, I don't have any actually specific breeds. I can say some that are like your, your high uh, layers, um, but there's really no right or wrong on which breeds. So um, things you can go off of is your desired egg color. So I like having like a really cool mix. Um, I don't know if I have any pictures in here, but I've had some like astonishing like cartons that just are really cool. You know, green eggs, blue eggs, white eggs, dark brown, light brown, just everything. Um, I like that. I think it's really cool. Um, you know, does it increase my, um, you know, increase what the eggs are worth? Probably not really, but people think it's cool. Um, cold slash heat tolerance, um, just depending on where you live. And these are all things that um, you can see about the chicken when you're, when you're purchasing them. Like they'll have different icons that are like, you know, better for hot, better for cold, better for, um, you know, lots of eggs, colored eggs, whatever. Um, aesthetic appeal, like you know, you have a couple of breeds that are like your number one layer. Um, and so you can have a whole flock, you know, 200 of one breed. And it just, personally, I think it looks way cooler to have like all these different chickens and whatever, but I'm kind of getting past that. I don't have that many breeds anymore. But um, if you're having like a backyard flock, you know, it's kind of cool. You get these coaches that have, you know, have feathers all the way down their feet and they're just like a big, like round chicken. And you got the the Polish that have like feathers like crazy off their head and you get all different colors and it looks cool. But you know, that's just depending on your, depending on your desires on that. And then the egg laying capabilities, there's diff definitely different, uh, different, you know, birds lay better than others. Um, just, and also another thing like some of the lighter birds, um, are much more flighty. They're much more likely to, uh, fly over your fence, roam all over, um, some of the bigger, like, you know, Orpington or Bard Rock or, you know, different birds like that are much, uh, much less likely to try and fly away. Um, so if, you know, if, if anybody wants to know like specific, um, breeds that I've had uh, experience with, we may have time at the end for questions, or I can just talk to you afterwards. Um, so purchasing, uh, Murray McMurray hatchery, is where I got a lot of my first chicks. Um, this year I've gotten all my chicks from Hoover's Hatchery, um, mostly just because Murray McMurray uh, didn't, they were like sold out of almost everything. I'm not sure if it's just because they were a lot busier this year. I think there's a lot more people that were trying to um, raise some chickens, have their own, um, uh, you know, eggs. Um, so they didn't have very much this year. That's why I found Hoover's. They had a lot more uh, choice. So I just went with them this year. I don't, wouldn't say one's better than the other. Um, and then Craigslist is really the only place that I've found um, to look for um, like older uh, birds. Um, I don't know if, I mean, yeah, that's, that's where I found stuff and you just got to be wary of, um, 
of those. So um, tips on raising your chicks. Um, Got to have sufficient heat. Um, that's, you know, that's your number one, um, the number one thing that they're going to die from is if they get cold when they're little. Um, a round brooding pen. So I, I dealt with this uh, a bit this fall um, where the chicks get scared and they'll all kind of like pile up and they'll go to the corner and just like pile up and they'll, they'll like trample and suffocate these ones on the bottom. And if you've got a round, like no corners, um, they don't like have anywhere to just like rush into. Um, and it really will keep, it'll keep you from losing um, chickens from uh, piling. So that's a, that's a great, uh, a great thing for your brooding pen. Um, and then just make sure they have enough space that they're not crowding each other out. Um, you know, they want, you got to be able to run around and obviously they're mostly going to congregate like under your heat lamps and stuff, but you want enough space for them to be able to um, go wherever they want. And also, especially like get away from the heat because they will regulate their own heat. Like if your heat lamp's pretty low, um, which is good to have them low, but they'll just kind of lay around the outside and they'll regulate their own heat. Um, so those are some tips on, on raising chicks and there's, um, all the, all the hatcheries you, you'll, you know, look at online, they'll have like, uh, a whole sh information sheet on raising the chicks and, you know, they're what they encourage on stuff like that. Um, so we'll go into, uh, your coop. So this whole presentation is just based on my method, which is, um, a movable coop with movable fencing, um, you know, always on fresh pasture. You know, there's there's different ways to do it. I do have one slide with another picture of uh, a way I've been doing some this uh, this winter, but most of it's based on this movable system. So this coop I built uh, in 2013, I guess, it was for my first chickens. Um, so here's a picture of when I was building it. Um, just simple f simple framing. Um, on a trailer, um, I would say on this coop, like it's taller than need be. I'm about to build another one, um, and it's going to be like pretty short. Um, and so this one, I'd say, is a little bit taller than need be. Um, but I've I've loved this coop overall. So yeah, that's just a, a picture of as I was building it. Um, so things to keep in mind while you're building your coop. Um, keep it as lightweight and as low as possible. So I'll show you some pictures in a little bit of two different coops that I have right now. That one that I built, I love it. The other one I bought like last year or two years ago. I don't really like it at all. I'm about to replace it with a new one I'm going to build. But um, keep it as lightweight as possible. I my That coop that I built, I move it with my four-wheeler. It's so easy. You know, I can just back up there. Um, hook it up, pull it around. It's much easier than like when you're in a truck or something, you can't necessarily see your, you know, ideally you have someone that's kind of directing you to back up to it. And then it's not as easy to just like maneuver around whatever. So that coop I moved my four wheeler cause it's pretty lightweight. Um, it's, it's super easy. Um, a mesh floor is ideal. Um, so, you know, potentially if you're in like a really cold climate, you would want it more like sealed up, but I don't, I mean, even then I probably would say it's better to have that, that mesh floor and that aeration. Um, so I never have to like 
muck out, clean out my pen. I mean, every once in a while, like where some of the framing on the trailer um, is like crossing and there's places where the poop can't fall through, it'll kind of like start piling up and I'll like, you know, just um, shovel a little bit out or whatever, but it never like builds up on the floor. Um, the mesh is probably like um, maybe inch and a half. Um, you know, you want it small enough that they're not like falling through it when they're trying to walk and then also you don't want anything to be able to like crawl through it i mean a snake could get through it and i should have put a picture here um for the first time ever this last summer i found a snake in my coop um eating eggs and <laughs> it was i was just like open to collect eggs and there's a big old black snake in there and it had like three eggs in it it was like these huge it was, it was i would have liked to see it eat an egg because i mean its head's like you know, its jaw is like that big, and it had these huge, I don't I mean, they like undo their jaw or whatever, but it had been pretty crazy to see. But I've never really had issue with snakes before, so um, I'm not trying to build a snake-proof coop. Um, and then make it easy uh, to access the inside for yourself. Um, don't just have like a little chicken door. Um, you want a man door. You might not always keep it open, but you do want a man door um, because I'll show you a little bit later on. Um, the nesting box system that I have, but you got to get inside um, for that. So you want you want a good, uh, easy access to the inside. So this is the coop I built once it was finished. Um, I got these little trailer jacks on the two corners, just on this one side. Um, so I always, when I park it, I always face that side um, downhill. And so I can jack it up and level it. Um, and then I can level it end to end. Um, makes it super simple so on this coop i have these two doors here that hinge up and i've got my eggs i may have a picture of it later on um but i've got my eggs where they roll out um so i can hinge that up and i can collect all my eggs from the outside um without getting in the coop which was great but i've kind of changed my system a little bit so i still i collect the eggs from the outside and i still have to go inside to close up the nesting boxes but um that's how that coop is set up. I got a little, a little door on the back side for the chickens. And then previously I had it where the, the opposite side from this was like a huge door, like almost the whole side of the coop swung up and then I had some pulls. So I'd swing it up and, and the whole side was open. Um, but it uh, flipped over in a storm this, <laughs> this uh, spring. Um, and uh, I, didn't, I didn't fix it the same. I just like the door like, busted off um, so I just framed up most of that side and then I just have one um, like you know three foot wide like man door to get in on the other side um, so that's how that one's set up this is the one that I don't like um, so the reason I don't like it is it's really tall it's up on this hay wagon and if any of you have experience with hay wagons um, and maybe this is like not a good hay wagon I don't know I bought this coop from a farm that was down the road uh, that was selling it but it's like um, the, the weight of the coop is sitting on like these axles and there's just a pin that, that goes, that goes through, um, from the top down to the axle. There's nothing bolting it on the top. So literally you could pick the whole thing up. It's just uh, the weight of it that's keeping it on there. But it's also like, um, got like bowed, the metal is like, uh, you know, bent so that the axles can have a little bit of, um, wiggle. Yeah. For going over bumps and stuff, but it's like. It's just really sketch. Like I've almost flipped it over almost on flat ground before. 
because um, it's just really unsturdy and the, the whole coupe will like twist on that and then it'll start like pulling the pin out um, and I don't like it at all um, it's much harder to use on like a hillside you know because my other coupe I just park it on the hillside jack up the sides and it's good to go this one like I can't really use it on a hillside if I got if I'm take, putting on any kind of hill I gotta like chalk up the tires um, whatever and it's way heavier like I can't pull it with my four-wheeler um, so I would discourage building on a hay wagon i wish i had a picture of the uh of the trailer that i just bought to build on um i believe that it's maybe like an old trailer from like a little rv little uh, camper trailer um it's like it doesn't have any any sides on the trailer it's just a flat trailer and it's like the the bed of it is like on the axles um so the wheels actually like come up over over the bed a little bit so it's really low i mean it's probably 16 or 18 inches off the ground it's real low i'm gonna build a coupe that's maybe six feet on one side five feet on the other side so the total height of my thing is going to be like seven feet or less um so it's going to be real low and real sturdy um it's not going to like flip over so that's that's my two coupes um this one's this one I'm using right now as a, a brooding pen for my chicks. Um, so I have it like up beside our barn. So I've got power to it and I have my chicks in there um, with lights and everything. And it's working pretty good for that. But I'm not, I don't plan to get it back out on the pasture because I don't like it at all. Um, I, I'm, supposed to, I'm supposed to save till the end just for the recording. Um, this, I think we'll have time for questions at the end. Um, so this is my nesting box system. Um, these actually aren't mine, but it's the same. It's the same thing. Um, so the nesting boxes are are uh, long like this. I mean, they, this uh, this company sells a bunch of different sizes, but it's just like one one solid um, opening back there. The hens, I mean, the plastic is kind of loose. The hens can go in whatever. They pretty much go through those little openings, and then they'll just line up in there. So the part that they're laying on here is a little bit of an angle, and then the eggs roll out to this area. Um, which is covered by this little shield. Um, so they lay the eggs, the eggs roll out, um, and they get, they're clean and everything. So the one of the coolest parts about this system um, is that they've made it with, they've got these automatic opener things. So I'll go collect the eggs maybe like right after lunch, um, you know, I don't know, just in the afternoon, like maybe two o'clock or something. The hens are pretty much done laying by then. Um, you can, you can, uh, kind of get a, get an idea of when your hens lay, you can collect your eggs at two o'clock and then leave the nesting boxes open and then go back before, um, it starts getting sundown. If you do that a couple of days and you have no eggs, you know, okay, by two o'clock they're done laying. I can close it up by then. Or you can just go collect your eggs a little bit later in the day. Um, but the chickens do start roosting like a decent amount before like it's dark like as soon as the sun starts going down they're they're roosting um and you don't want them in your nesting boxes so this little perch here folds up it hinges on this screw it folds up you have a little spring that's attached to here and here it's not on in this coop um it's not in the picture but um that comes with it so you fold them up and they'll automatically spring down but you get this little automatic opener thing bolted up here so when you, when you uh, fold your roost up, you pull that little cylinder down, it hooks on the roost, um, and then you can set your timer at um, whatever time in the morning. You want it like a bit before sunrise because chickens 
go to bed before sundown, but they're up way before sunrise. So if your sunrise is at, uh, you know, 530, you might want your things to open at 430 or 5. Um, so you just set your timer on there. Every day it'll just pop up and the, the thing will spring down. So the beauty of this is that it keeps your nesting boxes clean. So the chickens will not poop in their nesting boxes when they're in there laying eggs. They'll go back in there to roost and they'll leave a pile every night. Um, and so then your eggs are dirty, even though they're rolling out, they're still like rolling through poop and they're just getting dirty. And then you got to clean your eggs, which, you know, if you got 20 chickens, it's not really a big deal, but if you got 400 chickens, it's going to take you hours. Um, so this is, this is like a huge thing. And on the coop that I built, um, the nesting boxes were roll out like this. They had perches that folded up, but, um, it didn't have this automatic thing. So I would have to go in the evening collect eggs, fold the perches up, and then I have to go back early in the morning and let them down, which is just a bit of a pain, and it never really happened that much. Um, so then the nesting boxes just got dirty. So this makes it where you only have to go out once a day. You go out, collect your eggs, close your nesting boxes every day. You can feed during that time, whatever. Um, but it's, it's really a game changer. It is a little bit pricey. The nesting box, this is not the biggest one. The biggest one is like... Um, I don't know. I don't know how long it is. Probably as long as this table, six feet. Um, they rate it for 75 birds. So one nesting box up to 75 birds. Um, it's like $300-ish. Um, and then the automatic opener things are roughly like, I don't know, like 130 maybe. Um, so you're talking like pretty close to $500 with this system for your nesting box per 75 birds. But I found with, you know, the amount that I'm doing and the amount that I'm going to be doing this year, it's just, it's, it's worth it. Um, so that's the system. This is, uh, I guess maybe I should have had that slide um, first, but Hengear is the company. Um, that has those nesting boxes, um, the openers and stuff. There's a lot of rollout nesting boxes out there. Um, but Hengear's system, um, you know, it all is just is meant to go together. I bought their automatic openers and modified my other rollout nesting boxes to put them on there so I didn't have to, like, buy new ones for that coop. Um, and you can do that. But if you're, if you're just getting started and you're buying rollout nesting boxes, I just buy theirs and buy their system um, if you're going to go that way. Um, so, yeah, rollout are ideal. Endgear is the system that I have my favorite. Um, keeps your eggs clean and keeps them away from your chickens. If you get a chicken that starts eating eggs, you might as well just get rid of it. I mean, it will ruin your flock. Um, they, they, they'll eat their, they'll eat eggs and they'll, you know, if they learn, like they can peck them hard enough, bust them open, then they'll suck them out. And it, once one starts doing that. Um, it'll just spread and it's hard to stop. Um, so what, you know, my recommendation, if, you know, if you start seeing that it's hard to tell like what chicken's doing it and whatever. So you got to be out there collecting eggs, like, you know, maybe three times a day 
to, to make sure you're not leaving eggs in the nesting box that they're trying to get out. If you keep it, um, if you keep it empty more, if you're collecting them more, you know, if, they're, if there's no eggs in there and they're rolling all the way down to the bottom of that rollout space, it's hard for a chicken to get its head all the way in there. If they're kind of piling up a little bit, they can get to them easier. So you got to collect them a lot, make sure that they have plenty of food, and try and break them of that. Um, but that's a, that's a real bad thing when you get a chicken that starts eating its eggs. Um, so yeah, I think that's it on the, on the nesting boxes and the coops. Um, so the fencing that I use, um, these are the two companies that, um, I have purchased fencing from, um, this electric netting, they have lots of different, like, um, different styles and lengths and whatever. Um, but that's the, that's the two companies that I've used. Um, Ken Cove and Premier One Supplies. So with this electric netting, um, it, it keeps the birds, you know, safe from most predators, and then it also deters them from, um, you know, escaping. So they, they'll respect it, you know, regular fence that they can get all up against. After a while, they'll try and, like, fly over it. But with this, I've found, like, they'll get up on it, they'll get shocked a few times, and then they'll just kind of keep their distance a bit, and they won't even really try and fly over it. Um, so it's worked pretty good. Every once in a while, I get some birds that are kind of flighty, and you have to clip their, clip their wings. Um, but for the most part, it works pretty good. So um, why the electric netting? Easy to move. Um, it always keeps your hens on fresh grass, keeps most predators away, and it's much less expensive than a permanent fencing. So this stuff, um, I just bought three sections of it, I guess. And I think it was like... Uh, it was like between four and five hundred dollars, I believe, um, for the for the three sections I bought. I think it's like one forty ish, um, and that's a hundred and sixty four foot fence. Um, so I use I'll sh I have I made a little a little uh, graph here to show you how I move my chickens. But I use two fencing. Um, it's got thirteen posts, so I do seven posts you know, corner to corner and then seven the other way. Um, and that's, I do two fencing like that. Um, and it works real well. I can, I can keep, um, I would say that fencing, if you're moving them like once a week, pretty good for like up to like 150 birds. Um, so this is, this is a, uh, a little thing for you to see how I, how I move my fencing. So I got it colored here. So that's the orange is your one fence goes like this, your other fence, your coop. Um, so then when I go to move them, it's easiest to be able to move them during the day. You know, if you got to wait till they're at night, close the coop up and uh, move them, it's a little bit more of a pain because you got to do it after dark and you probably got other things you're, you know, not really wanting to work late. Um, so this, this is a way that I can move them during the day. They never get out. Um, they're always in a fenced enclosure, but I can move them. So you got your two fences there. You put up um, another fence here, and then half your fence, and you have your little pile there. Okay, then you then you undo that fence. Um, you got your get your fence rolled up there. You pull your coop across. Then you put down your orange one there. Now they're in a new fence, and they're it's done. Then you just take off the rest of your fencing, and you've moved them. And they're always happy to move. And they are you know when you pull the coop. Um, they move, they move when the, with the coop. One thing that I do sometimes if I've got chickens, you know, if I like spill food or something out here and they don't want to move across, when I, um, 
when I'm pulling this fence across, I'll pull it like out here and then kind of like swing it in. It, but for the most part, they're always pretty eager to move. So this works best if you've got an open field, if you can just be moving them from square to square to square. takes me about, uh, Kelly and I move them probably in about like uh, 45 minutes if we're going, you know, pretty quick at it. Um, it doesn't take a long time. Get them totally on new pasture, do it about once a week. Um, so that's, that's, that's how I do that. Um, the, the next slide I have here, is um, some more movable. Um, they're used a lot for broilers, for meat birds, um, but a pen like this. So this is my chickens right now. This was probably like a couple days ago. Um, this is some of my birds in here. So I've struggled the most with predators um, between the age that I put them out on pasture and their full size. So like from maybe... Like these birds, um, I got like end of October, so they're like three months old right now. So they're probably like big enough to put out on pasture, like at two months old, especially if it's warmer. Um, you know, right now, kind of cold at home. I probably wouldn't have put them out just totally on pasture at two months old, but um, they're easy for hawks to just pick up, um, and you may not really even realize until you've lost a lot. Like when you got. Um, you know, this is only like 50 chickens right here, but if you got them out of passion, you got 200 birds, you might have to lose like 30 or 40 birds before you're noticed. Like there's not as many birds here as I used to have. And then it's like, okay, well they're gone. Um, you know, or you'll have like a random chicken that you like that stands out from the rest, like because of its feathers or whatever. And you won't notice that you're losing chicken until that one's gone. And it's like, Where's that chicken, you know? And then you start counting, and it's like, goodness, I've lost 30 birds, you know? So that's when I've lost the most of them. Um, once they're big enough, um, we don't have hawks big enough around our place. If you got a bald eagle, then, you know, you can just let it have them. I mean, just, <laughs> I don't know what you do. But the hawks around our place, they can't carry a full-grown chicken. So they'll come, they'll kill it. They'll sit on the ground for an hour and eat it, and, you know, you can deal with it. <laughs> um, but I've, I've lost a lot at this age. So this year, I bought these little, little things. They're easy to make. Um, I just bought them because there was a farm near us that was selling them for, like, I mean, I got all of them for, like, 50 bucks. I got three of them. But um, it's just, like, a wooden, a wooden frame around the bottom. You got your, your side skids that are maybe, like, a two-by-eight, and then your boards across the front here that are uh, like a two by four so you got a little bit of a gap there um, so that that's not like dragging on the ground um, you know cut some angles here so you can pull them um, and then you get these hog panels from like track supply or something um, attach them on the inside of your board just like staple them up fold them over and then attach them on the other side and then you just pull your tarp over I put plastic on the ends just because it's you know it's cold at our place right now um, and that n now they would be fine without plastic, but when I first put them in there, they were kind of small. It was good to be uh, keeping them warmer. Um, but the thing is, if you have them in these, you have to move them every day. Unless you have like just a few in there, then maybe you can leave them a couple days. But um, this is a great way to run them on your growing plots because I've put them in my fence in the coop out on our fields 
And the manure, you know, is like 95% under and right around your coop. So in like two days, you got kind of, you know, a couple days, you got kind of like a spot under there that's starting to kill the grass. You got a lot of manure and everywhere else they've hardly even gotten to. Um, and so with this, it's like a really, a really um, good way to like spread it evenly um, around your around your field. So I just pull this every day, um, and then they're completely like safe in here. Like nothing. I mean, you know, a raccoon probably could get in there. Like this appears. I probably should put some like uh, chicken wire or something up there. But like some technically could get in there. But um, it's pretty it's pretty safe, and you're not gonna have hawks coming down and grabbing them. So I've really um, felt good about this. I will, um, you know, sometime middle or end of February, I'll probably get these all out on pasture. Um, but it's worked, it's worked really good um, for, for this year. So this is the first time I've, I've got these um, six weeks ago or something. Um, and it's been, it's been a pretty, uh, pretty nice little system. Um, so for, for our chicken health, um, you know, keeping them on, keeping them on fresh grass is like the number one, um, just to stay on top of health. They're not like, you know, in muddy, poopy ground all the time. Um, if you notice a sick chicken, um, pull it out of your flock immediately. You know, what you do with that is up to you whether you want to spend the time you know a lot of time i try and i don't like just getting rid of my chickens you know so i'll try and i'll try and nurse one long you know it, bigger bigger operations if they've got a thousand birds they don't have the time to nurse a chicken along so if it's you know if it's sick they just um dispose of it or whatever but um get it out of your flock whatever you do get it out of your flock put it in a little separate place um give it its own care and hopefully you can catch it before it starts spreading to your other flock or your other chickens in the flock. Um, these things are just good uh, immune-boosting things that you can give to chickens. Um, both like, okay, so if you notice you got a sick chicken, you pull it out, but like potentially the other chickens, you know, have, have something. So this is something you might want to do then. Um, fresh uh, garlic, thyme, and oregano. We'll like chop it up. I mean, we grow all this stuff, so we'll just grab a bunch, chop it up, uh, put it in their food. Um, apple cider vinegar in their water and then vet rx it's like a it smells like vix um but it's like a chicken thing um it's you know if you if you have a chicken um that's got like sinus a lot of pretty much all the sickness that i've had is like s sinus stuff um they'll like swell up around their nose and their eyes um so you can like rub it on you know the, the one that you have or whatever you have that are like worse you can rub it on their face and it helps them kind of like clear out and stuff um so you know this stuff is great to do just periodically i'm not really on top of it i don't uh necessarily do that all that often unless i feel like i'm struggling with something um i do when i purchase my chickens um there's two very um common vaccines everywhere you purchase chickens uh, from a hatchery they'll give you the option um it's merix and uh um i don't even remember what the other one is but i do um add that like 
get that with all the chicks that I um, get, just because it's their diseases that can be um, transported just by wild birds, and so there's not really any way um, to uh, to keep that from your flock. Um, you know, that's that's up to you whether you feel like um, you want to do that or not. Um, but I do I do that just to try and prevent um, prevent that sickness. Um, so. That's the end of my slides. We got like, uh, I guess we got 20 minutes. So um, I I didn't go over like, you know, feeders and waters and stuff. I had some um, of that in the pictures, but um, I, we'll do questions for a while, um, see if there's anybody that has specific. I was going to ask about the, did you do automatic waters or? Yeah, so um, here, this is something that I, Water is something I kind of have struggled with because I've just done like a big tub. Chickens drink a lot of water. Like you may not realize, but um, with my flock of like, uh, you know, 200, um, they may go through like, I don't know, 20, 20 gallons, 15 gallons in a day. You know, it's a lot of water. And so I've had just like a barrel and then like a big like sprayer tank kind of thing that I put on the back of my four-wheeler, fill it up, take it out in the coop or in the pasture and fill up the barrel. It's not a good system because the barrel gets really dirty because the chickens are up on the edge and their feet have you know dirt and poop on them and it drops in the water. It's not the greatest system. So I bought um, this, the, the place I got these um, little hut things um, was selling a lot of other chicken stuff. I bought um, a bunch of these bell waters so there, the red part um, kind of goes up and down a little bit when it fills up with water. When the little trough fills up with water, it pulls it down a little bit and it cuts off the, the drip that's coming in. Um, so how they had them set up is they just had these buckets. They had the little uh, hole in the bucket with the little uh, hose shoved in there. Um, and it works great for these little uh, little coops. So you just fill your bucket up. Um, I mean, these chickens will go through that bucket in about a day and a half. That's five gallons. Um, but then it's always clean water, and uh, they're using all the water. When I had the barrel, every time I filled it up, the bottom of the barrel, I had to dump it all out. Um, and it wasn't real efficient with water. Um, so in these little things, that works awesome. What I'm planning on doing on my coop is I'm planning on putting a... 50 gallon drum on the tongue of my trailer and then running a gutter um, on my coop running it in there um, and then I also will just I've got like a 300 gallon um, like you know those those uh, water the square water containers they use for like hauling you know sprays and stuff I got one of those I can put on the back of my truck and fill up if uh, the the uh, Bear, if it hasn't rained enough, but um, then I'll just have two of these waters like off the side of my, off the side of the tongue of my coop, um, and I'll just have them coming from that barrel. So I'm excited about that. I feel like it'll be a good a good system um, for watering. Gotcha. They're on the ground. Um, it's a ten by twelve. Um, yeah, it's 10 foot wide, 12 foot long. It looks a little bit, uh, and you can stand up and walk around in there? um, yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe like bend down a little bit, but it's, it's pretty close to like six feet tall. Um, yeah, it looks, lo it looks longer in this picture 
and like less wide, but it's it's I think 10 by 12. It's almost like square, pretty good size. Um, and I would say like I've got this is like 50 chickens, um, so and they're like maybe a little bit more than half size, so they're still pretty small. Um, if I was using this out on the pasture with full-grown chickens, I probably wouldn't want to put more than 30 in it. And you got to move them every day if you got that many in it. Someone over, yes. Um, so you have uh, earlier pictures. You have a coop, uh -huh. trailer. Yep. And you have a mesh floor. Mm -hmm. So it it isn't not it is not a solid floor on your trailer. Yeah. Do you have just when you have some uh, you know T bar going across? Do you have like wood? I see um. This one? Yeah, I don't. Maybe I, I don't think I had any pictures, but yes, I, um, on that coop that I built, um, I built like, I took like a two by six and I bolted it cause it, the trailer had like a, you know, a 12 inch side, um, and the angle iron, you know, on top, there was like a two inch wide flat surface on top. I bolted like a, a two by six onto that around and I built my frame off of that. And then I have, um, roosts that are sitting on that um going across maybe like 12 inches apart um and so they're like you know 12 16 inches off the floor yeah the chickens like to have something to roost on yes how do you keep your chickens so you say they're not laying enough to make it work on um okay the question is how long do i keep them before the production goes down enough to not uh not make it worth it. So I've kind of uh, gone back and forth with this. Um, I think that, I mean, I would say like three years is probably as long as you want to keep them. Um, and I've, I've sold them just on Craigslist um, or yeah, there's another guy around that I've sold them to. I can get like maybe like five bucks a bird. Um, a lot of people, you know, they'll lay for like eight years, you know, but it just goes down a lot. And so a lot of people, if they're just looking for some chickens um, for like a little backyard flock or something, um, they don't really care that much if they're a little bit older um, and they like getting them where they don't have to raise them. So I've posted my chickens up. Um, once I'm ready to sell them, I'll post them up on Craigslist for maybe like 10 or 12 bucks, leave them up for a couple months. I always have people texting me like, oh, buy all of them for five bucks. I'm like, okay, well, not right now. Leave them up there, sell, you know, a few different batches to just random people, maybe 10 birds, maybe five birds, 15 birds. You know how people come in just uh, grabbing a few. After a while, if I haven't sold them all, or if I just need to get rid of them, then I'll sell them all to one person to come buy all of them for five or six bucks. Um, and then that makes it so that I average, you know, maybe like eight bucks off of them, which is pretty good. Um, after you've, you know, been getting eggs from for three years and you only paid three bucks for them, you know, it's, it's not bad. And it'll, you can immediately put that back in and buy more. You got a question? Sure. Do you, uh, obviously you need a male or rooster if you want to breed them, but do you have one? Um, I pretty much have always had one not necessarily because of choice but they just um gen you know when you're buying enough chickens you're always going to get a rooster like um they're you know i don't even know how they tell chicken gender but <laughs> apparently they're pretty good at it but they only they only um will 
they'll only guarantee you 90%. So that means if you get 100 chickens and you get 10 roosters out of it, you can't go be like, hey, I got 10 you know, roosters. If you get 11 roosters, then you can you know, go complain. They'll give you more chickens. But um, I've never had anywhere close to that. Um, you know, I will buy 150 chickens maybe and get like two roosters maybe. And it's, I've never really had problem with it. I always keep them. Um, I don't, I don't really think that it makes any difference in production. Um, people don't really seem to care. You can have a, you can have an egg with blood in it without a rooster. Like that doesn't mean the egg is, um, fertilized. It doesn't really change anything with the egg. So, um, I generally have a rooster, not necessarily because of choices, because it happens. Um, yeah. You say you sometimes need to clip their wings. Do you do it yourself? Yeah, I should add a picture of it, but it's it's pretty simple. So, like, you hold the chicken, pull its wing out, um, and there's a pretty defined uh, two different, like, feathers on the wing. So, like, the first half of the wing is their outside feathers to keep them warm, and then the last half of the wing is their flight feathers, and they're much longer. Um, so you clip off that, and then you, there's no visual. Like, it goes up underneath, and you can't tell, like, you've clipped their wing. Um, but it, and you only want to do one side. If you clip their wings, only do one side. If you do both sides, um, they can't fly very well, but it, it keeps them stable enough that if they try, you know, if they're going over a fence this big, they don't have to fly that much. They can hop and do a little fly and get over the fence. But if you clip one wing, they go like, you know, and they can't get over it. So, um, yeah, you just want to clip one wing. Yes? Uh-huh. And he just started crying. But now he's just named. So like this past two weeks, like three times we tried to attack him. And he gets like a little feathers going on his neck. He doesn't try to attack my husband or myself. Uh, um yeah. <laughs> yeah, Kelly Kelly had a little rooster that uh, she got from one of the neighbors like a few months ago. And it was like a cute little rooster and she loved it and whatever and then it like started trying to attack her and uh it didn't it didn't really bother me but i came down like a few weeks ago and she just shot it so i was like well i guess that's how you deal with it it came like it came like running at her and she's like nope <laughs> so that i mean if they get if they get mean there's really nothing you can do i mean you can't like train them so you just gotta um i mean like we have Yeah. But he's not I, I think it'd be, I'll, what was that? Oh, I was going to say, we've done it before, but like one thing, if you find neighbors that would love to eat them, sometimes they'll be happy to take a rooster. If they're comfortable processing their own chicken, they'll take it and then they can have some yummy fried chicken. Like, we don't eat it, but. Yeah, we've, we've definitely given, I mean, you know, you don't want to just waste them. You know, plenty of people uh, want to eat them. So we've definitely, uh, I had one batch of pullets that I bought that were, uh, not old enough to tell if they were roosters, but uh, they weren't from a hatchery. Um, and I ended up with like 10 roosters or something. And that's, you know, at that point, like, I don't mind having a rooster, but I don't want to be wasting my feet on roosters. Um, so I gave like six of them to him and, you know, they enjoyed them. So, you you know, you don't have to waste them. Dogs love to eat. Yeah, yeah, I mean, dogs, I, yeah, whatever works. Yes? Um, with the chickens? So, um... Right now, well, Americanas, I love Americanas because they give you the color. You get green, blue eggs from Americanas. Um, there's another, I don't know, there's like so many different names. 
Um, but like your classic brown, um, there's like a golden comet, um, red sex link, eyes of brown. Um, I don't. I mean, they're all like the same chicken, but it's like a, it's like a, uh, a bread chicken where the 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 fluff when they're chicks. Um, it's a sex link chicken where the fluffs um, will be different color on a male and female. Um, they're bred very good for production. Um, uh, yeah, they're they're high production chicken. They lay a nice brown egg. Uh, leghorns, white leghorns, are like your classic white egg, um, like production bird. They lay a lot. Um, I have a lot of Rhode Island Red right now. Rhode Island Red aren't ones that I've had a lot of, um, but I mean they're a classic. You know, they lay great. Um, a, a good a uh, little bit of a heavier breed, um, so they may lay better in the winter. Um, the real light breeds, like your leghorn, um, won't do as good in the winter because they're like super skinny and they don't, I don't know, they'll stay as warm, I guess. Um, uh, Bard Rock are the ones I've had. They're great. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I've had a lot of breeds, but those are some of the like classic. Yes? Um, I don't really, I mean, in, in my coop, um, I keep it pretty full. And so they're all like, they're in there. Um, so they keep each other pretty warm. Um, so I don't ever really worry about, at least around us, you know, we don't get, what was that? If you, yeah. Um, so you may, you may want the coop to just be a little bit more closed up. Um, you know, but I mean, as long as they're like full grown and they're fully feathered, they, I mean, they, we have a little flock that, um, Kelly got, they're all like these random little crazy chickens um and they just sleep outside like they there's this little coop in their pasture and they never go in it they lay eggs in it but they just sleep outside they all just like huddle together and i mean it's been you know like snowing and like 10 degrees and i mean they're all fine so they're i mean they're pretty pretty hardy i don't know how to keep track of who's in order but i don't i've never i mean i've been doing chickens for um like I said, seven years, I've never once had someone complain about my eggs. Um, I mean, I've had some people like that they're, they're was, had a bunch of cracked ones in their carton, but that's just because of, you know, the carton might have dropped or something. I don't know. But uh, I've actually never had someone complain about, like, a bad egg, a bloody egg, anything. So that's not something that I've dealt with. Uh, what's your, like, egg cleaning process? Okay, so um, ideally you don't clean your eggs. You just... You know, if you keep your coop, if you keep your nesting box clean, you don't have to clean your eggs. Um, so what what I normally do um, is I'll collect my eggs, um, and I don't actually carton them like every day. I usually have like some baskets in the cooler. Um, so when I'm going to carton them, bring all the baskets out. I'll have you know my table. I'll have like a bucket of warm water um, of my eggs and my cartons and I'll just be cartoning all the clean ones. If I had a dirty one, I'll drop it in the bucket. I mean, not drop it, but set it in there. <laughs> um, you know, I just go through all of them. And then once I'm done, then I go to my bucket and I will like use just a little cloth and just wipe them all off. And if they sit in the warm water for just a little bit of time, they just wipe off real clean. So that's what I do. Um, and then, yeah. So if you don't, if you don't wash your eggs and you don't refrigerate your eggs, you can leave them on a counter and they'll be fine. But I don't, um, just because I, 
I wash some of them. You know, if you're if you just have home chickens, you know, and you're not selling them, you can just every time you collect your eggs, you can just have them on your counter and just wash them as you use them or whatever. But I do keep them refrigerated. Um, even though you know, people ask me like, do you wash your eggs? You know, I tell them mostly not, but I do refrigerate them, so that kind of means they still have to be in the refrigerator. So yeah. So it's not required to wash them if they're clean before you sell them. Um, yeah, I've never really, I've never really run into anything. Um, and at you know, at a farmer's market, you're not going to run into much of any like um, food requirement kind of things. I was talking to a guy um, that has a little store that we sell some produce at, um, and talking to him about selling eggs and i was asking if there was anything like that i would need to um worry about like you know for selling eggs in the store and he said no he said the only the only thing is the date they have to have a date on them and then also like if you have a bigger flock than like he didn't know a number but he said there is like a size limit if your flock's bigger than a certain amount then you like hit into another category and you have to have like more um i don't know just safety precautions or whatever um but in a in you know probably less than like 500 600 chickens you're not going to run into that and that's just like at a small little like market kind of store if you're going to like whole foods or something then you probably run into a lot more um legal stuff but yeah oh yeah sorry i didn't answer that one um it drops i don't know it's hard to say probably like I don't know, 30, 40%. I use light too, and that, that's something I didn't talk about, but that really helps. If you, once your day length is less than 10 hours, um, it's good to have light in there and keep, keep light for 10 hours, and that will keep your egg production um, up pretty high. But I mean, I would say maybe like 30%, maybe 40%, um, but it does help to have light. Um, I didn't go into it too much, um, but my coops, um, I'm still working on them, but like my goal and they're, they're pretty close that I got solar panels on all of them is that they're like totally automated. Like I have automatic doors. Um, so I don't have to be going opening and closing doors and they're safe in their coop at night. Um, I've got, you know, a solar panel with a battery that's running the little, um, nesting box opener and closer. And then I'd also would be running a light in the winter that would be set, um, you know, to come on at a certain time, go off at a certain time, and I'm not having to deal with any of that. So I do have most of my coops, or not most of my coops, I've only got two coops, but I've got mostly um, all that set up in my coops where they're all um, run off solar and um, doing all that kind of stuff. So we got time for another question or two. Yes? Where do you get all your egg cartons? Um, egg cartons, where do I get my egg cartons? Uh, I've gotten them from a lot of different places. I end up getting a lot just from like track supply, which... Um, I didn't really say like this, the past few years I've been doing like roughly like a hundred chickens. Um, this year, uh, the goal is like 400. I have 200 right now. I got 200. They're coming on the 20th of January. Um, and so it's going to be, I'm going to be doing a lot more than I have been. Um, I'm also going to have to be, you know, have a ton more egg cartons. Um, I've ordered from a place that's just called egg cartons online. Um, I've gotten from them. I don't know that there's really any like just specific place that's really good to get egg cartons. You just search around online, find the place that's the cheapest. Um, you can you can generally get them for like 25 cents a piece. But I think you know if you're ordering really bulk, 
um, you can get less than that. Like I'll probably be ordering, you know, like 5,000 at a time or something, be able to get quite a bit lower. Um, so yeah, one more. Yes. Um, regarding the age of the chickens, mm-hmm. do you separate your flock so you know who's three, four, or five years old? Or at what point do you know when you're selling? Because it, wouldn't it be hard to know which uh, chickens are reducing their yeah. output? Yeah, so um, how to tell the difference on the age of different flocks. Um, I haven't really run into that because I've pretty much just been doing one flock, 150 birds, 100 birds, you know, give or take. Um, and I will sell them all like in the fall. I haven't, I haven't really been doing eggs a whole lot through the winter. Like I've had chickens through the winter, um, just kind of, you know, either ones left over that I didn't sell or whatever. But, uh, this next winter is going to be the first time I'm really actually trying to like actively, you know, I farm in the winter more than in the summer. So I have less time in the winter, but I'm going to try and really actively stay on top of, um, the chickens in the winter. So, you know, I've bought 400 birds. They're like, you know, from October to January. So like they're only, the age difference is only like three months. Um, but yeah, so I'm gonna have to be I'm gonna have to be doing um, some of that. So I don't really have a good system for it. Um, probably the best way would be I mean I feel like the best way would be to rotate your breeds. So you buy um, you know you buy a hundred Rhode Island Reds, and then the next um, spring or fall or whatever you buy a hundred um, you know Americanas and then you just kind of keep track of the breeds you have right now then you can still have you can still have multiple different breeds like multiple different colors but they're all a little bit different age and as you cycle them out so okay if I'm selling my Rhode Island Red this year that's that's what I'm buying again and then the next year I'm selling my Americanas I'm buying Americanas again um, so that I always have uh, for the most part I always have those laying um, but I think that'd be a pretty good way to do it. I haven't really, I'm not really on top of that. And I haven't done a lot of just like cycling through my um, flock, but I think that'd be a pretty, uh, pretty good way to do it. And I'm not starting great because I've got multiple breeds, but yeah, I tried banding them. Um, and the, the, uh, the thing that I ran into is I banded them a little bit too early with two small bands. So then I had to go take them all off because they started growing. Um, they like tightened up. Um, so I had to go clip all the bands off. So um, you can do that, and that's that's a pretty simple way too. You can buy like a big bag of bands, and I just bought bands that were too small. If you buy like big adult bands and wait to band them until they're fully grown, then it'd probably be fine. Um, and then you can just have different colors uh, for different, and just keep track of your your colors. All right. So I think for uh, for the requ- oh food, I didn't get into that. Um, I have gone multiple different places. Um, I get, I get right now, I've been getting my feed from like just a local, um, like feed store that had some like non GMO feed, um, for a good, pretty good price. I'm going to change. Um, and there's a farm that, uh, is like an hour from us and they like grind all their own feed and stuff. Um, you just get it like in bulk, like in barrels. Um, so I'm going to start doing that when I get home. Um, I can't say like a good place to get feed that's just like everywhere. You just kind of have to search your own area um, for some non-GMO or organic feed or whatever. So, yeah. All right. Well, I think we need to close up for the recording, and it's also like almost lunchtime. So, um, yeah. Thank you all for uh, for being here, and feel free to like talk to me. This media was brought to you by Audioverse. 
a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.